The reading this morning comes from John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Thank you, Phil. Jonathan's going to come and join me now. I need to give him a little bit of time because he takes a bit of time to move. <laughs> If for those of you who don't know Jonathan, Jonathan was um, team rector in Southgate and Crawley. He worked for Through Faith Mission for five, six years, something like that. And then he's just recently retired from All Saints Peckham in London and moved back to Crawley. But I know Jonathan most of all because he endured saxophone, clarinet, recorder, drums... Uh, me shouting at my lawnmower when it didn't start, and maintained a complete graciousness and is still my friend. So Jonathan and Ruthie, I can't think of anybody more who, who are more gracious and more grace-giving. And uh, so it's an absolute pleasure to have you here this morning, and it's such an, a, a, a great communicator as well. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Rick. That's... Great pleasure to be with you. To be honest, living next to Rick and Sarah and Ben was being uh, like living next to Ronnie Scott's jazz club. Um, we love jazz. It was uh, fantastic. Um, I'm going to uh, pray for us um, in just a uh, moment. But just to uh, say this by way of introduction, that my wife, she's called Rutli, is currently in the south of France. She's babysitting. And uh, one thing she is doing later on today is, uh, is this. She's making a, uh, a jigsaw, not quite as big as this one. She's going for a 20-piecer this afternoon with Isaac, who's three, and Timmy, who's uh, one and a half. We're thinking this morning about the jigsaw puzzle as a picture, a picture of what Jesus is praying for. We heard a part of his prayer in uh, the, the reading that was just uh, brought to us from John chapter 17, that God has a, a big picture for your life, for my life, for his family on earth for those who are 
uh, been following Jesus as maybe you have for decades and for others who um, may be curious about Jesus and do not know him yet. He has a picture, a big picture, and the, the, the pieces of our lives, our gifts, our ideas in our heart, our longings, some of which you've uh, put on this here, are all things that he can use. Jesus, the puzzle maker, who wants to put us together, not least with one another, for his big picture for us and for his world to be revealed. Let me pray. Father God, I I thank you that Jesus invites us to turn to you as our Father, a loving Father, one who cares uh, so much for his children and invites them, all of us, to be a part of his family. When life is a puzzle, when it feels to have broken into different pieces, I pray Father God, to hear your voice, your still, small voice, you the one who made us and who remakes us uh, day by day. Help us to know your big picture for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You um, might not be a fan of uh, puzzles, but essentially you need three things. Number one. The picture on the box. Number two, the pieces in it. That's you and me. And it's the different pieces that make up who uh, we are. And number three, this is the most important. Somebody who's got the will and the skill to put it together. This is a picture. It's not a perfect one of what and who Jesus is praying for. If you've got a Bible, if you've got one on your phone, there might be one near you, might be on your phone. If you'd like to turn to John chapter 17, uh, verse 20, which is where our reading uh, began. And this uh, prayer, it could be called the Lord's Prayer. What we call the Lord's Prayer begins our... It does. Our... Father in heaven. This is a prayer that Jesus actually spoke to our Father, his Father and ours. And he's uh, praying it towards the end of his life. It's just before his arrest. If you look at John chapter 18 and 19, that's the story in uh, the, the book written by John, the disciple. He's writing a biography of Jesus. It's the story of Jesus' life. And chapters 18 and 19, right after this prayer, tell the story of Jesus being arrested, of him being tortured, of him being crucified, before he uh, rises again. And Jesus is praying, firstly, for the picture on the box, the big picture that God has, that he has, for your life. Um, What do I mean by that? If you think about anything you've done this week, you can have a picture in your mind, anything at all you've done, um, you've had, I'm guessing, a picture of why you were doing what you were doing. 
For example, you went to the shops. Yeah, you went to the shops. When you set out for the shops, did you have a list of everything you wanted to buy? Even if you added a few things to it, or you couldn't find some of them, that was your purpose, that was your why for doing it. If you went in the car or on a bicycle, you had a clear picture, a big picture of why you were doing this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of the, the destination. If you uh, sent an email or a text, you had an idea of what you wanted to communicate. But we can go through the whole of our lives without a clear vision of the destination. Jesus is praying for his disciples. Uh, The word disciple means one who learns from Jesus for a clear picture that God gives them of his purpose for their life. God wants to give you his big picture for you. Jesus came to earth to restore on earth the picture that God had for all people that had become like this. Broken into pieces. Some of them fallen on the ground. A picture we see right at the beginning of the Bible is a beautiful picture of Adam and Eve working in partnership with God. Of God giving them uh, jobs to do and them uh, receiving uh, from him. It's a bit similar to what Isaac, who's three, is doing with his grandma. Makes me feel so old to be married to a grandma. That's amazing. But anyway, that's what Isaac is doing. Three years old. He's he's got all these pieces. Admittedly, there's only 50 of them in his puzzle. And it would be way quicker if uh, his grandma did it on her own. But instead, they're doing it together. Why do you uh, work together with a child to do anything like making a puzzle? Because you want to build your relationship with them. It's because that's going to bond you. That's going to unite you. God gives a picture to the world in Adam of he working together with and working through Uh, his people, each of whom an image bearer of him, of his purposes working out through them with his help. If you look at the book straight after John, what's it called? It's called Acts. And that's a book describing the acts of God through people. This is the picture that Jesus came to restore of God our Father working through his people. And if you look at Jesus' life, any of the miracles he did, we see this is how he's working it out in action. Take the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus uses human help. Do you remember what he uses to feed the crowd with? A boy's packed lunch. And he gets the disciples to serve the the food that he blesses. Without Jesus, the miracle wouldn't have happened. But without the 
people being involved, it wouldn't have happened either. This is God's purpose for you, for me, his big picture. It's what Jesus is praying would happen for his disciples, the 11 who are in the room. But look at verse 20. Uh, first part of our reading. I do not pray for them alone, the 11 disciples here with me. Judas has left already, but he's praying for the 11 who remain. I'm praying for all who will believe in me. The life Jesus models perfectly, saying what he heard God the Father say, working in the power that God the Father gave. And the prayer, this prayer, comes at the end of a long conversation Jesus had with the eleven. He's about to, to go, and he says in chapters 14 to 17, I'm not just leaving you with memories. I'm going to send my spirit, my Holy Spirit, to be with you. He calls it in John chapter 14, verse 16. I'm going to send you another helper, just as I have helped you. Remember the feeding of the 5,000, just as I was working through you then. I'm going to send another one, my very presence, my spirit. Carl was talking about him uh, last Sunday, who is going to work through you to do the acts of of the apostles in every age, including this one, including any who will turn to Jesus for his help. The puzzle maker, restoring the connection between God our Father and people who will turn to him. And all of this might just sound, um, it's what it could sound like, like a, a crutch. I just like abdicating responsibility for all my decisions and doings. For obvious reasons, I've been thinking a lot about crutches recently. Three weeks ago, I had uh, no need for them at all. But then uh, with one false step, uh, my uh, left foot went down a rabbit hole in Tilgate Forest, and the rest of my body went the other way. And when you've got a, a broken fibula, which comes as a result of that, crutches are really important. Now, I can't abdicate to uh, these things any of my movements. You see, I actually have to uh, go somewhere. It's my decision. But the only way I can do that... So I'm really good at this now. This is a picture of following Jesus. We have decisions. We have gifts. We have dreams that the Holy Spirit, whether we know him or not, has put on our heart. You have opportunities unlike any other. You have uh, skills and insights no other does. Everyone, like in my 1,000-piece puzzle here, utterly and completely different. But Jesus' prayer, this is his big picture for you and me, is that his people, called the family of God, have this one thing, no, this one person, this one fact in common, that they lean on 
the same person. If you have something in common, you're a community, but if you have someone in common, you are a family, your parents who have given birth to you or adopted you. This is the picture Jesus gives of his family, deeper than community, sealed by blood. This is the love that Jesus prays his disciples, including you, will know, will receive. The Holy Spirit will whisper to you that the blood of Jesus shed on a cross for you is the sign, the guarantee of the Father's great love. Um, my wife takes me to A&E after this tragic misstep three weeks ago, and I'm what's called triaged, and I'm told I need to get to the x-ray department. It's about 200 yards away. And uh, the very kind doctor says, would you like a wheelchair? I said, no, I'm fine, thanks. So about 15 minutes later, I uh, wind up in A&E, realizing uh, I'm actually not fine at all. There's something in some of us that would love to say to others, to God, I'm fine, thanks, to prefer life without crutches. But in different ways, God, in his infinite love and tenderness, reminds us that it is no shame. It's actually sharing what Jesus calls in this prayer, verse 26, sharing in the glory of who it is to be a child of God. I've shown them my glory, and I'm giving them my glory. How is that expressed? By leaning on God's. We're like the pieces in a puzzle. And the big picture Jesus is praying would be fulfilled in your life is when the glory of the Father shines through you and through me. And a really amazing thing that I'm uh, learning afresh is that happens when we use our gifts, the things we're actually great at. But equally and sometimes even more brightly in uh, limping, the things we are not so good at. The things where we need help. I found it, it's an extraordinary thing that going on to an underground train as they do um, every Monday to get to my um, part-time work as a tutor in a college up in London, it draws out, it reveals the kindness of strangers. Nobody's ever stood up for me on a train before or helped me or talked to me. My daughter said, that's because you're old, Dad. I said, no, no, no. no. It's, it's a sermon illustration. It's, if you get, limp onto a train, if you're fortunate, it draws out the kindness that is expressed perfectly in Jesus and that he wants to express through you and me. This is his Big picture, his big purpose. John is writing this biography here to paint a picture of Jesus. He says at the end of it, I have written this that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, 
the Christ. And when I get to know Jesus, I sense the gap between who Jesus is and who I am. The way he responds to people with the kindness of God, stretching even to dying on a cross for them, for me. And the way that I can respond even to my grandchildren when I get tired, when I get empty. And the whisper that is of Jesus, the Bible calls the still, small voice of God, is that you are loved, that I have sent my son for you, that in all your limping, I can work through you. I'm going to finish in this way. You don't have to do this. Nobody will notice. But um, I invite you, if you want to, just to cross one leg over the other. And um, with your foot that's in the air, to um, do clockwise circles with your foot. And as you're doing that, with your index finger, this will be difficult for me because I'm slightly incapacitated, to draw a figure eight in the air. Can you do that? Which goes anti-clockwise, the figure eight. And um, if you've thought to yourself, I'm not going to do that stupid illustration from this morning's preacher, you, you won't understand this at all. But those of you who have will recognize that there are things we want to do which we can't do. And what we don't want to do, we find ourselves doing to quote a disciple of Jesus called Paul. And in other places, situations of life, it's the same thing. That we find we've got the equivalent of a broken ankle and we'd like to run. That our love, like our patience, like our kindness runs dry. But the beautiful big picture of God is that when we are in pieces and falling short, he can still use us and take us and work through us. So I just invite um, both of you who are leading our worship this morning just to come forward. And as we are in this church together, I'd simply like you to, if you wish to, to open your hearts, and if you wish to, as a sign of that, you could open your hands as a way of receiving. As a sign of what we have in common is a need for help in different times, in different places, in different ways. And so here in this place, the still small voice of God, spoken by the one Jesus sends, the Holy Spirit, his very self, with the great love of God, saying, partner with me. Receive the gift of my presence, who is my spirit. Lean on me. You are not abdicating responsibility for your life, but fulfilling the big picture God has. 
for you, for me, for all who would lean on him. Lord Jesus, we commit to you all the things in our lives where we're aware of our limits, where we need your help. Open the door for every opportunity you want us to walk into. Give us the inspiration of your spirit to lead us into all wisdom and give us the courage, the encouragement that comes from you to step out into things you're calling us to do in your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.